Hey, welcome back to Radio 1 Chicago. Oh my god, I hate this mic so much. It feels like I'm in an air chamber. Number number three is trash, too. Hey, maybe I should just do this, because if I point it up, it's not so bad. Hey, look at that. You learn something new every day. Hey, welcome back to Radio 1 Chicago, 88.7 FM, WLUW on Weekend Gabe. Don't forget to follow us on the social medias at Radio 1 Chicago, and visit us at Radio1Chicago.com. Joining us now from the, from the Chicago Sun-Times, Evan Moore, the digital content producer uh, for news. How you doing? Good, good evening. Evening. Thanks for having me. Nothing much, man. Thank you. I appreciate you. I, I made the offer. You're like, I guess something happened on the on the on behind the scenes, but you're able to make it down here. I appreciate it. Oh, yeah, no problem. Nothing much, man. Uh, so I heard you on the the Dean Davis uh, show, uh, their podcast, like a few weeks ago, and so I was really impressed. I, I mean, we've been following each other for some time, but then I kind of heard a little, learned a little bit more about like what you do with the Sun Times uh, and how that was like your newspaper growing up as a kid. So to work there is a bit of a dream for you. Oh, yeah, it is. I mean, it's one of those things where I was kind of doing something else, and when the opportunity came up, it's, you had those things in your life where I, I got to take it. Yeah, no, <laughs> exactly. got to do it. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and one of the things you were doing was that you were a bouncer, right, for like 10 years? Yeah, I, I kind of stopped doing that for a while now. But yeah, for, <laughs> yeah, I'm not saying that was like recent right now. But <laughs> no, but that, that was something that you did because you've, uh, you've written on that uh, when you were writing for the reader, and uh, it was a reader article, right? Or was it DNA Info? I did something for DNA Info. I also yeah. did something for Chicago Magazine. There yeah, you it go. Was something I did for a long time. I mean, it was it was kind of like secondary income. It's something I stumbled into, and it kind of <laughs> was like, you know what? Hey, might as well. And yeah, yeah it's pretty interesting. So, so the uh, also the, the bouncing was like secondary income, just something you were doing on the side. Yeah, it was. You know, for a while it was because when you break into journalism, or freelance writing, you can't completely leave what you're doing. You no, still absolutely. gotta, you know, have fun way to pay the bills and. Trust eat, eat and stuff like that. So. <laughs> so survival is key, you know. Yeah, sure. I mean, I mean, we're in the same boat here. You know, we're this is like the 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 the, the platform before the next level. You know, so where we're trying to get there as well. Um, no, but I, I'm glad you came in. What? Uh, so you grew up in South Shore. Like, what? Uh, what was that experience like uh, as a child? I think South Shore is pretty interesting. I think it's one of the diverse neighborhoods in the city. I mean, not in terms of like race or. Economics in terms of like what people did for a living. Just on my block alone, we had a police officer, we had teachers, we had a, a dude that played for the Bears, we had um, a CTA bus driver, we had all that different types of people that was on our block and South Shore as a whole. A lot of those right. pe- people like that live over there. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, uh, we were just talking uh, earlier today that the, the the mayor was quoted as saying, like, this uh, Chicago isn't a tale of two cities. But uh, we were, like, discussing, like, our experiences living on the north and south side. What, like, now that you're reporting on the news and you often uh, write about race, what was uh, what is your sort of your view on that, like, as far as, like, city sort of having resources? And I think even you might have tweeted about this, like, the only way that things that are ever going to change is if the north side, where more affluent areas are able to share those resources with the south, and that's where sort of become even uh, in some capacity. Yeah, it's not even an opinion, really. It's just something that's obvious that anyone anyone Pen can attention. see. <laughs> right. I mean, it's a place in, this, in the city that, like, for instance, in South Shore, like, we, we're, we're the last neighborhood that had a Dominix that's still looking for a buyer for that space. Hmm. And you got nearby Hyde Park that has a Treasure Island, a Whole Foods, a Target. It's it's, it's, it's Places in the city that even in, in Pilsen for a long time on 18th Street and Harrison Park, they were begging for lights for the park for a long time. Right. And it's places in the city that 
that get whatever they want and stuff don't even ask for it. And then you have to have people who, who back for things. You had like the diet, uh, diet um, hunger strike, and yep. they had to, you know, hunger strike just to get a better school. What exactly. they had, what they got. So anybody that tell you protest doesn't work, it works. Oh yeah, absolutely. And that was the same thing in Little Village High School. They also had a hunger strike to get their uh, high school built about 10, 15 years ago. So it's unfortunate that those drastic measures have to be taken to get any sort of attention from the from the city. Um, what uh, I guess uh, we can go go into a little bit. Of, like, what is uh, like the writing component for you? Like, how did you find your way into that world? Uh, like, did you always think of yourself as a writer, or what was the moment that you felt like I could do this? Well, it's a quick story. Back in eighth grade. I entered the poet laureate contest, you know, things in back in school where they make everybody do it. Yeah. I was, yeah. yeah. I was one of those kids that like, I didn't want to do it, but you just turned something in. <laughs> yeah. I used the least amount of effort possible to do this. A <laughs> couple weeks later, Gunnar Brooks calls my house and tells me I won the Illinois poet lawyer award. I'm like, mom, Gunnar Brooks is on the phone. It's like, Gunnar Brooks, wow. <laughs> and I was just crazy. And I wrote, that, wrote, that was kind of like my first four in the writing. So that was my first writing award, actually. But years yeah. later, man, it's kind of just backed into it. I was always someone who was really good at just random facts. And I would go on Facebook and different websites just talking about things I was interested in. Sports, politics, yeah. pop culture, music. And a friend yeah. of mine was like, oh, you should get into journalism. And then at the, at the, around that time, I was finishing up watching The Wire. You know, last season, a part, uh, component of that is yeah. – is what happened at the Baltimore Sun with layoffs and how, right. how crazy it was. And I was like, man, that's crazy. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> you want me to go to a failing business? <laughs> yeah, so it was one of those things for me. Like like later on, I started my own blog and on website. Then when I first saw my name in Extra Bilingual Newspaper, that was one of the three you know, Latino newspapers in the city at the time. Sure. And I uh, went to the newspaper stand. They actually published one of my blogs. So I went to the newspaper stand, flipped through the paper, and saw my byline. I was kind of like that moment. I was like, yeah, this is my passion, my niche. So I got to do it. Exactly. So you were like, you were pretty much reporting on your own. Like you created a, a platform for yourself to report on the news that was happening. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's without like any credentials. Like, so you're reporting like what is being reported. Right. And I kind of just kind of did stuff on my own. It's just blogs and stuff like that. I was like really green, but I needed that that training that you need to yeah. you know in terms of like aggregation aggregation knowing how to write something from a press release knowing how to know your way around a press release right. and quoting people and different things and that's stuff i need to go to school to do so that's yeah did you end up going to school for journalism? yeah i went to roosevelt for oh, terminal right. school yeah, 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 yeah so yeah. i learned everything i needed to know and along the way <laughs> i was just i was one of the people that that threw themselves into into the fire and just kind of learned off of that yeah uh, no, I, I and, and the thing is, like, you seem so close to the city as well. Like, you, I, I know you got a lot of uh, attention for the um, the uh, the little league story where uh, racial 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 slur was being used, and you got a lot of attention to that. But it just seems like a lot of your stories are close to communities, and that you're filling in a lot of the gaps uh, for when uh, DNA info uh, disappeared. It feels like your stories are what we more need of, of those community-based stories that keep us in tune to what's going on. Uh, do you feel like you just happen to come across those stories, or are you intentionally looking for those for those stories? It's a combination. Sometimes people will hit me up or DM me or something, like, hey, just take a look at this, and sometimes I'll kind of like flesh it out, and I kind of see no- or maybe nothing there, or sometimes yeah. everybody says they have a story. So it's <laughs> tough to, you have to flesh those out, and yeah. what happened in particular with the Little League thing, 
um, the guy Ray Salazar. He was a Chicago. He's a Chicago now blogger. I knew I know him from since back then. But we never met in person. Someone I would talk to online about different things. Yeah, and I just happened to be just looking around online, and, and I saw the, the picture of what he was talking about and the score of like, what it happened with his son. Like, oh wow, that's crazy. Yeah. So obviously, you had to. I talked to him, talked to his son, talked to the coach, then tried to grab somebody from the Little League right before the story was posted. Somebody from the Little League contacted me, and that's kind of how all that went. Yeah. Uh, we're talking with the uh, digital content producer over at the Chicago Sun-Times, Evan Moore. He joins us here on 88.7 FM, Radio 1 Chicago on Weekend Gabe. Uh, what about the like the city itself? Like, Where do you see like you're reporting on it now? You're seeing uh, a lot of information coming through uh, your desk, a lot, I, I imagine. Uh, how do you see, like the? I guess, the has it changed your perception being so much closer to the news that the decisions that are being made than the average citizen would know about does being close to the environment, uh, sort of give you a different outlook on the city's future and the way that the, it behaves towards treating those that live here. Oh, definitely. Cause absolutely growing up, you know, in the city and then now being a reporter that covers the city. Yeah. Yeah. I do look at things a little bit differently. You know, for instance, with the Haritha Augusta shooting that happened with the, when the police officer shot the man in mm-hmm. the South shore that, yeah, that happened two blocks away from where I grew up and I was actually in the neighborhood when that, when that wow. happened driving by, I mean, I saw the police out there cause that particular corner where that happened is, is known for a loose cigarette sales and all types of, you know, basically guys, you know, hustling. Sure. Quote unquote air quotes that everyone can, <laughs> right. can't see what I'm doing, but yeah, that corner is known for that. So I, I saw the police over there. I'm just like, well, they're over there again. It was, later on, I found out, you know, what, what really happened and, you know, saw a bunch of people out there and everything, and it was just one of those things where, you know, I wasn't even, the thing was, a lot of people saw me tweeting about and talking about, that was my off day. I wasn't even working. I was just <laughs> like, driving by. I was just, just back in the neighborhood to take them to my daughter goes to go see my parents. So sure. it was crazy. Yeah, there's uh, there's your like your photo on uh, your uh, your photo uh, avatar profile on your Twitter of you working on the top of your roof on your laptop. So I almost imagine you coming across the scene and just popping out your laptop and just start typing out like you know the report or the story. Oh yeah, that was uh, Memorial Day weekend, which is historically right, violent. Exactly, and I was on top of a coworker's car, like filing the story of a, a police involved shooting that happened that night. How often is that? Like you file from the scene of an incident. Well, I'm doing much because I'm mostly in the in the office now. But back when I was with Dina Info and oh, Daily Southtown and like you know freelance work, like hey, you'll be I'll be writing in my car. You know, I'll be like with a laptop in my car writing. Did you have like a police uh, scanner? And were you chasing the news? Uh, I, and uh, I, I, I always love uh, Peter Nickius, uh, Nickius uh, from the Chicago Tribune or formerly of the Tribune. I'm not sure yet. Uh, but like he was like chasing the stories, you know, literally every night chasing the stories. Like was that like your experience as well? Like Finally. I wasn't much of an over, overnight person like like Pete is. I was more so like an afternoon shift type of person. So yeah. it was like from two to ten basically. But yeah, something will pop up. Yeah, I'll be listening on because uh, most times you don't have to actually have an actual physical scanner. You can just um the apps. You can it's the app. There's several apps out there. Sure. That we use and yeah, you'll will hear what's going on. You run to it. Do you ever feel like it's a dangerous occupation being out there? I mean, but now you're sort of in the confines of the Chicago Sun-Times building, but like being out there, was there any dangerous aspect of it, especially covering the violence here in the city? That is. There's been times where I wanted to, it was, by the time I got there, like the police already like like locked off the scene. 
and I kind I need to get a photo, and I was like, well, I'm gonna have to make a decision to go through someone's yard to get to the other side. That's what I did. <laughs> I mean, it's going up there. It's where it's really cool, but it's also possibly dangerous. Absolutely. So, <laughs> yeah, 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 like physically dangerous. <laughs> oh yeah. You know, see somebody myself running through your yard. I mean, what are you thinking? I mean, I, I mean, do, do you subconsciously think about like, like, how does this look to someone who might be watching me? Like, what they're, what they may be thinking. But you're just like, I'm just trying to grab a photo. Oh yeah, I think about that all the time because you, you see what happens with exactly people you know, calling the police on people for basically existing. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> basically existing exactly. Uh, what what has uh, the experience been like since you've been over at the Chicago Sun Times? Uh, has it been rewarding? Is it everything you thought it would be? I know you're you seem to be really proud and excited to be there. Oh yeah, I am. It's the newspaper I read as a kid, and I was actually in that in the newspaper as a kid with that story I talked about earlier with about Glenn and Brooks. They actually. <laughs> You know, I was messing mentioning that article, so yeah. it's kind of cool for someone who read the Sun Times growing up. It's now working there. I mean, yeah. it's it's a pretty good, it's a it's a dull feeling. Like, <laughs> it is. Uh, th- th- does your mom recollect back when you won that uh, poet um, award, and now now this? Does she like f- see the the progress and the growth in you, and you know, a proud, also excited and proud about it? Yeah, for sure. You know, I talk. I talk about my uh, listener girl, Laura Wynn, and she was like, "Yeah, she always quit to remind me that that's not the first writing award you won." So yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, I, I joke that I got a sometime subscription uh, to, to get you on the show, but that's not really the truth at all. Uh, but I, I, I'm so glad that I, I'm now like I, I subscribe to a, uh, a short, you know, week uh, to get the sun, the Sunday paper, and, it, and it, it, I think there's a, a dynamic of that's missing. Because I used to read the paper a lot when I took the train more than now that I'm driving more. But when I was on the train, I used to read the paper regularly. And there was just a certain experience about going through the paper and reading the articles, the opinion pieces, and also the sports. That I think that's being missed uh, now in the digital age of, you know, just you can just read what you want to read. You know, it's, everything's so much on demand. Do you kind of feel like with the the print and digital, like where do you see like the future of newspapers going? Like, do you still see there's value in having the print, or is it everything because everything changes so quickly? Even I mean, you would know that because you get things across your desk, uh, you know, up to the minute, and you guys got to get it out there. And someone who gets something the morning after the story might have changed three times before it goes to print, you know? So, like, what is your feel about, like, sort of the future of uh, newspapers? Oh, about the future, but at the same time, when I, I honestly, because growing up reading a newspaper, yeah. my, my parents, my dad actually would, he would get the Sun-Times during the week, but on, on Sundays, he would get the Sun-Times and the trip. And for me, even though I'm with digital and everything, but actually seeing your holding, seeing holding the paper, seeing it, Physical, touching yeah. it, feeling the smell, and seeing your byline on it—that's that. They can, that feeling can't be topped. Yeah, exactly. Even though, you know, where everything's going digital, but yeah, everything's going digital. And you see the people out here who who adapted and who haven't. So it's, it's, yeah. it's sometimes it's pretty tough for some people because I, I think journalism as a whole and maybe outlets didn't really see a lot of that coming, but it's, it's here now. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I can uh, I can't let you go without first uh, including our president uh, who has uh, called the the media or the fake media uh, for the uh, the what is it, the enemy of America like what like you being in in this profession and having honor integrity how does that make you feel that the the president has these uh, open thoughts and words for your profession? Well, the thing where it seems like these days uh, any news article. Is seen through the, the lens of someone's partisan politics. Sure. Because, for instance, with the the story I wrote about uh, what 
the uh, folks in um, Candy Park said about the uh, Mexican um, Little League team, mm-hmm. something like that, whereas the emails I got, well, well, it was a bunch of what, whataboutisms and everything else, and those people were quiet when once I did the follow-up story when those, so when those players were disciplined and the coach was disciplined. So it's a thing whereas people are kind of looking at things in that way, but, I mean, Trump says what he says, but let's be honest, we've – I mean, we as our professor, we've made some missteps over the years, and and sometimes the coverage isn't, you know, where it needs to be. Well, someone on a certain time, certain side of town, based on economics, race, or whatever, will pick up the any newspaper or read online, and they f- they feel like that they're not represented, or the only time that they see themselves is when someone uh, got shot or, or did something wrong. Right. Like it's it's one thing to. Always blame Trump, but at the same time, we need to look look ourselves in the mirror and look at some of the misstep we made over the, over the decades. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's it's seven fifty seven here on Radio One Chicago. We're talking with Evan Moore, the digital content producer for the Chicago Sun Times. Uh, before we get out of here, are you a huge sports fan? Are you following the Bears, the Bulls, all that good stuff? Yeah, I'm a sports fan. I'm all a right, time sports fan. I am. I all am. right, so let, let's do early predictions. What do you think the Bears are going to do this year? As far they as look winning. like a better team on paper. I know uh, I'm going to go with nine and seven. Ew. That's I feel like that's a conservative estimate. Uh, I'm going to go six and ten, just because uh, it's the Bears. <laughs> yeah, the Bears fans. I mean, we have a lot of super pride when they win. When they win a game, like everybody is like, "Yeah, Chicago, yes." But I get that. I get you. I get you. Mondays feel a lot better when the Bears win. I don't know what it is. It's like Mondays are better. Uh, can you tell people where they can find you on the social medias and where they can uh, also keep up to touch uh, up to date on all the the pieces that you're writing for the Sun Times? Yeah, for sure. On Twitter, it's uh, at Evan F Moore, and Instagram, that's Ev the Writer. They can find me in one of those. Yeah, I, I wish we had more time. There's so much more to dig into, but I appreciate you making the time and running, jumping out of your Uber, running two blocks, running up three flights of stairs. I don't know if you actually did that, but let's say you did. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but we appreciate you coming and joining us. So thanks for having me. Evan Moore from the Chicago Sun-Times, friend of the show. All right, for Alex Hex, I'm weekend. Oh, yep. I have an announcement. Okay, right. go ahead. <laughs> uh, oh, that's right. Yes. 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 For tomorrow, uh, don't miss out on the official film screening of Punk Band the Movie, followed immediately by a show uh, from our friends of uh, Voice of Addiction, Something to Do, Blind Adam, and the Federal League, and Vortis. Uh, that's tomorrow at the Beat Kitchen, 2100 West Belmont at 630. I'll be there. Uh, this is tomorrow night? <laughs> yes, tomorrow night, Friday, August 17th. Ooh, uh, depends on if Radioactive is in baseball tomorrow. I really want to go see Black uh, Black Klansman. Oh, yeah. True. That's I, It is Black Klansman, right? Yeah. Okay. It is. <laughs> <laughs> Evan looked at me like I got it wrong. I was like, oh. <laughs> oh you haven't seen it? or No, I haven't no. seen it yet. I want to see it. At all? Like Black Panther at all? No, no. I've seen the trailers. I, I mean, I want to go see the movie, though. I oh, wow. It. Okay. It's only been all a week. Like, relax. Like, don't, don't, <laughs> don't keep me there. I'm not jumping on you. <laughs> I take you haven't seen Infinity War yet either. <laughs> you can't really see that without. Just spoil uh, it for him. Just I, spoil I, it. I, I just got the Blu-ray last night, so I watched it and I seen it twice in the theater. Thank you. So gotcha, gotcha. I'm on top of things. Don't worry about <laughs> it. All right, uh, that's our time. Uh, the uh, the hip hop project is due up next in a few minutes. Uh, don't forget to follow us at RadioOneChicago.com and at Radio One Chicago. We'll do it again next Thursday right here on 887 FM WLUW, and you're listening to 887 FM broadcasting from the campus of Loyola University uh, from the beautiful Water Tower campus. All right, we'll be do it again next Thursday right here on 887 FM. This Radio One Chicago podcast was produced by Weekend Gabe, Tony, Alex, and Hex.